And we wanted to thank today's sponsors brought to you by Anchor.fm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's completely no charge. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, where it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and many more. Guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast. Honestly, it just takes for you to really get started. Go ahead and download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm and look forward to seeing you create your show. Yes. And our sponsors today brought to you by Spotify. You can listen to all your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify also has a huge catalog of shows on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite shows so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline wherever you are. Easily share what you're listening to with friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app. Search for the Inspire Before We Expire podcast on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of the Inspire Before We Expire show. Let's get it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Inspire Before We Expire podcast. I am your host and founder, Terrell Sumter. Guys, I must say, I'm very grateful, thankful, and graceful to be here yet another day that's never promised uh, to you guys. Guys, I'm here today with a very special guest, very first time on the show, um, a, a gentleman who's came a long way. You know, honestly, in business and speaking, um, cars, everything that he's passionate about. Um, honestly, he devoted his time today. We just connected just recently, but I'm so glad to really bring him along the show, guys. Honestly, because I know he have a lot to share from his journey of when it started and what led him to be the successful person he is today. Ladies and gentlemen, this gentleman is an entrepreneur, a business mentor, a best-selling author, podcast host, and speaker. He is best known as the co-founder of LS1 Tech, a online automotive community which grew into the largest of his kind. The website grew to over 300,000 registered members and was later sold for multiple seven figures in only five years. Impressive. It was just his part-time business at the time. This gentleman shares his mindset and business strategies within his book, The Side Hustle Millionaire. He also teaches entrepreneurs how to start, scale, and sell their business with his consultant brand, 365 Driven. This, this gentleman's mission is to help people gain the knowledge and courage to take action, to also help others to become the best version of themselves when not performing that work that he loves, 
you can usually find Tony traveling the world or racing cars. I just gave his first name to you guys. Guys, I present to you my dear friend, Mr. Tony Willie. Mr. Tony, Tony Watley. Watley. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Tony, thank you so much for joining us today, man. How you feeling? Terrell, good. Thanks for that, that long intro. It shared a lot of information, and I hope I was able to deliver the value that you alluded to, but I know I will. I like your energy, man. You have a lot of energy, and you have a lot of uh, very active fans, and I can't wait to get to know them. Absolutely. That's awesome, brother. Now, I know it's the first time on the show. If you could just give us a little backstory about you, that'd be awesome. So I am a native Houstonian. That's the, what we call ourselves from the Houston, Texas area. I've been here since I was two years old. I grew up in a, really a Marine base. I was born on a Marine base in Japan. My mom's Japanese immigrant came here with my dad and I grew up in a small town outside of Friendswood, Friendswood, Texas. Went to University of Houston, paid for myself, got a mechanical engineering degree. And originally I was getting that degree to chase the six figure thing that we always hear about. We always think that success is based on making six figures. We hear this our entire lives. And that was also my life, you know, 30 years ago when I was in high school. And Honestly, it's a fallacy, but that's the reason I got the engineering degree because I knew it was the shortest path to get there. And honestly, I wasn't that good at math. I would say I was average at math. I struggled in engineering school, but I just forced myself to go through it. And I'm not a quitter, so I didn't want to change my major and do all these different things. I just basically saw my way through it and I struggled to do that. And the purpose of that is because I like cars. You, you kind of hinted at that. I'm a car fanatic. The businesses that I've started have been around automotive performance and wheels and things like that. But when I graduated from college, I got interviewed by the, the automotive manufacturers and parts companies. And honestly, they didn't pay that much. And I, here I am in Houston, Texas, which is known as the oil capital of the world, essentially. I started talking to different oil chemical plants and things like that. And they pay basically double what the automotive industry pays. Right. So I was, I was like, well, I get to stay home and I make double the pay. Like that's a win-win for me. Absolutely. So, that's why I started creating businesses because I still wanted to be in the automotive industry. So instead of working for an automotive industry, I started creating businesses that, and that felt field around 28 was when I started my first company. So yeah, that's a little a, bit about me. That's amazing, man. Honestly, passion for cars. That's awesome. So when did this first entrepreneurial venture first begin for you? Honestly, I think entrepreneurial mindset goes all the way back to being being a child. I still remember doing things, pushing the lawnmower, knocking doors, mowing yards, washing cars, painting fences, whatever I could do to earn money because my parents are both blue collar. We didn't grow up with any money. My mom was a cafeteria lady at the local schools her entire career. My dad worked his way up through the chemical refinery. So he was blue collar out there working in the sun. And they told me if I wanted to get anything, I had to figure it out for myself. And they always encouraged me to go do things. So when I said, hey, dad, can I go take the mower and push it around and knock on doors? He's like, yeah, go do that. You know, it's better than sitting inside watching TV or playing video games. So I, I, did that. I, was, I was that kid that was hustling out there at, at age 11, age 12, to be able to buy the skateboards and bicycles and things that I wanted or, or candy or whatever it was at the time. And, and that philosophy has always carried through to me. So I've always tried to figure out new skills, new knowledge that I can monetize that later led to graphic design. I was drawing posters and, and making flyers for business, you know, drawing by hand. This is all before digital age. Yeah. I go to companies and go, Hey, you need any flyers or ads made? And I, I was pretty good. It was creative. Like that was artistic. I've always been that way. And I was draw stuff out, take it to the copier, 
make a hundred of those and go, go hand deliver those door to door and they'd pay wow. me things like that. So I was never afraid of just doing things or doing what it took to, to earn money. And that's, that's kind of the basis of what led to me doing the business. Absolutely. And just also having that support system as well, as you mentioned, your father just pushed you continuously and said, boy, go ahead and, and do something, go ahead and, and make that money, you know, and, and help with the family and stuff like that. I think that's a plus, man, honestly, you know, to have that support system, you know, whether it's two or three people to help and help you push you towards where you need to be, you know, honestly. So I thank you for sharing that, man. So, you know, what was that one event that occurred, you know, along this journey? that really helped you to transform to become the person you are today? Like that one just challenging event that encouraged you to be who you are today. There was a couple of events. And I'll tell you back on when I started the first company, it was the year was 2001. And the previous two years before that, I'd gone through a, a depression. So I want to give people a, the story because I want to help them remove some of the excuses they may have for not starting their businesses or doing things that they should be doing. Cause as a business coach, I get a lot of people that come to me and they try to have all these excuses of why they're not doing things. And I said, let me tell you when I started my first company. So here's the story. My son was born in the year 2000. So I had a newborn son, a failed relationship with his mother. I was working two jobs. We ended up splitting apart when he was about nine months old. So I was working to pay for her apartment, my apartment, because she stayed home with the baby. And here I got child support. I had $40,000 in debt because I was unemployed for six months during an industry downturn in the oil industry. So I was living off of credit cards for six months looking for that next job. And when we were together, she and I would drive around all over Texas doing interviews. And I was knocking on doors to try to find a job in engineering. Not anybody hiring. So I was waiting tables. I was working at a performance shop on the weekends helping build cars and eventually I did get another engineering job and I was paying it a lot less than the one I had previous but it was a job so here I am with an engineering degree making really two-thirds of what I was previously making with the previous engineering job because I didn't have any experience I was only out of school for two years and I was waiting tables that night so I'd go work my normal job get off go wait tables close down the restaurant make an extra hundred bucks work on the weekends at the performance shop and then go back to the restaurants on Saturday nights and Sundays all day to work. So I was basically working three jobs, very depressed, thought my life was out of control because of this relationship. And I was always wondering who was going to raise my son. That was my biggest fear is like, if I leave this woman who I'm not in love with, who's going to raise my son? That was my biggest fear. But that was the thing that kept me in that depression because I was trying to make things work, stayed with her through the entire pregnancy and nine months later. And then Honestly, me leaving and deciding to finally just break free from that to focus on what I needed to do, I felt like I, I, all this weight had just lifted off of my shoulders. And even though I knew that my life was going to suck and I was going to have to work three jobs and dig myself out of this debt, it was what I had to do. I didn't make any excuses. I just said, how do I get out of this? Well, go work. Go figure out how to make money, just like you did since I was a kid, right? Just figure it out. Just keep hustling, doing it. And that was definitely that 24-7, 365 grind that we hear about. I don't believe in that crap now, but I just wanted to illustrate that you have to go through that sometimes to understand why, why that's important. You have to be willing to sacrifice social life and doing things and, and committing to get to a goal. And for me, it was just getting out of debt and being able to pay for things. So here it is like going through that. And honestly, I knew I was depressed after the fact because I don't remember a lot of details of that era of my life. It was like, I was like in a routine. It was almost like wake up, get dressed, go to work, go make money, come back, go do your next job, work, make money. 
not have any social life, not do anything fun, just, just struggling and just feeling broke. It's, it's always broke. Like all the money I made was basically just going to bills. So I never had any extra money. And at the midst of that, when I, when I left that situation, started working, things started coming around. And then very next year I started my first company. So it kind of keeps an illustration. Like you can start companies if you want to. A lot of people make a bunch of excuses. They try to blame their girlfriend or their wife or their husband or their kids. I mean, if you're blaming your family members for your lack of action, that's on you, man. That is never on them. It's on you. And it's such a convenient excuse, but that excuse only works when you hang around with other people who like excuses, because if you were that kind of person, and I gave you that excuse, you're going to be nodding your head. You're like, yeah, that's my excuse too. So both of you guys don't call each other out on it. Absolutely. I love the way you just break it down, Tony. I'm enjoying this interview so far, man. Honestly, I love the way you just, you just mentioned, you said that you didn't do it for you. You did it for your kid. You had a newborn child. So you had to find some way to provide and to help your kid out, you know, to be that father that you was meant to be. So for those that's listening right now, as you say, you know, people are making excuses versus finding a way. What are five steps, important steps that you've implemented into your life, into your business to really help you continue to push and, and have that drive to knowing that now I can go ahead and share this with somebody else to help them with the same thing that I once faced. Five bullets, man, this, this is going to be good. I, I'm 46 to give your listeners some reference. So I've got a lot of experience doing things. I've owned businesses for 20 years now. And Honestly, I didn't learn a lot of these things until I was probably late 30s. So you guys are going to gain, gain some good knowledge early <laughs> on. But one of the things I will tell every one of your listeners right away is to look at every relationship in your life. Every one of them. All your friends, all the people you think are your friends, family, wife, boss. And really evaluate every single one of those people on an individual level and ask yourself a real simple question. Does that person bring me energy or do they rob me of my energy? And that one answer is going to tell you if you need to give some distance between yourself and that person. If you're hanging around with a bunch of people talking and doing negative things, robbing your energies, or trying to take advantage of a situation or your friendship. Maybe you own a store, maybe you're doing something. They're only friends to get hookups. And you know this, well, you know, Ask yourself that question and then categorize those people. Some people can kind of climb out of their category over time, but right now take a snapshot and say, it's really a yes or no. You and I could probably go through the people in your life and you probably could go, Hey, it's yes, a yes, that's a no. Yes. There's no maybes. We don't have maybes in our life. You know that? So get rid of those people, create some distance. Even if it's your family, it's going to be the hardest thing you do because humans, we are pack animals. We love to have connection. We maintain connection even when it's toxic. And that's what keeps most people back is a lot of people surround themselves with naysayers, critics, negative people who really keep them from their dreams. So when you come to me and go, Terrell, I got this dream trail. I want to do this. And you go, oh man, that's, that's scary. No, are you sure you want to do that? Like they're feeding you full of negativity right there, but you're asking advice from people who have never attempted what you want to do and people who have never failed at what you want to do. So really their advice is really not valid anymore. So get the advice. That'd be the second thing. So, Rid yourself of toxic, toxic relationships, create that distance, make excuses, go do something else. Like we can't, we can't pick our family, but we can pick who we spend time with. And if that is your family, you got to make those tough calls because it is your life. We only get one life. So true. And then that leads into to what I was saying is, is just really don't ask advice from people who have not done the things that you wish to achieve. You can ask your advice from your parents, but 
you know, take it from their perspective. What is their level of risk taking? What is their level of being daring? What is their level of fear? These different things. So put things into the context of the advice. Because a lot of times people, especially when they're young, you, you take advice from all these different people and you think, hey, they're older, they know more, but they've never done anything. They, they've given up on their damn dreams. So and they true. want you to give up on your dreams. They, they see you trying to put yourself on the spotlight to go do things and do some amazing things and they can never do that for themselves. So their lack of belief in themselves will directly influence their advice to you. Like, oh, well, you know, that's scary. You know, maybe you should go get a job. You know, you have a steady job, you know, just kind of things like that. Like they might mean well, but they're coming from their frame of reference. So seek out people who have done the things or have the lifestyle or have accomplished the things that you want and ask advice from those people and everybody else just thank them for their advice, but kind of let it, let it just leak out your other ear. I guess for a third point, my big word is consistency. I love it. Consistency is my word. If I look back on anything I've ever accomplished in my life is based on being showing up every single day, putting in the damn work and just, and just executing. And a lot of people know that consistency is a fundamental, but a lot of them do not pay attention to that word because we've heard that our whole lives. Man, Terrell, be consistent, show up. Terrell, put in, put in the hard work. Like we hear these things over and over, but the problem is, is everybody out there, especially in the personal development field, they're always looking for that magic bullet. They're always looking for that, you know, the magic spell or, you know, the thing that's going to like, what is that piece of information that I'm missing? But you know what? It's the fundamentals that most people fail at because they hear it so often they disregard it. They go, okay, yeah, I got that consistency. I got, no, they, they don't focus on what that actually means. And here's my definition of consistency. It's, it's, it's showing up every damn day. So true. Day, every day. And here's the difference between successful people and, and average people. Successful people show up every day, even when they don't feel like it. A lot of people sitting around think they need to be motivated. They feel like, oh, I got to be motivated. Maybe I'm surfing Instagram and I see this motivational meme and I share that. I did my thing for the day. It's like, no, that's not action. Sharing motivation is not action. Like you have to actually do something, create something, build your brand, whatever it is. And people just think that they need to be motivated or feel like they need to be in that mood. Like, like going to the gym, fitness, like half the time I go, I go five days a week and half the time I don't feel like going, but I know I like the results and my discipline tells me like, get your rear to the gym. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't care about your feelings. Like go do that. Cause I know, I know that I've never left the gym or I've never left the business regretting have, having gone that day. So whatever your mindset is going into it, you always know that the outcome is what you crave and you never regret the outcome. So look forward a little bit, go, you know what? I'm just going to go because I know I'm going to feel better when I leave. So consistency every day, every day. That's, that's the thing. So that leads to why am I being consistent? You know, number four, building a personal brand. You're doing a good job at this yourself. You're putting your name out there. You're helping other people. You're sharing value to this world. You've got this show. You built this audience that is important. And I want to give people an idea because a lot of people think, well, you know, who am I to have a brand? I'm not a multimillionaire. I haven't written a book and all those accolades that you read earlier, dude, I wasn't that either. I was the same average person before all that stuff came along. I was, you know, small town, lower middle-class kid that just kind of figure stuff. I had bullies. I was not the bully. I was the bullied. And, and I was introverted and you hear me now I can speak because I invested in myself to be able to speak and communicate properly. I'd, if you would have had this interview with me a year ago or especially two years ago, like it would have been a whole different Tony sitting here on this microphone. <laughs> like, damn, this guy is so boring. <laughs> probably 
falling asleep right now or driving off the side of the edge of the road if they're listening in their car. So, hey, don't do that if you're listening. But I had to invest in myself to become the right person to be able to carry the story, to be able to promote what I needed to do, to share the value of this world. And that was an investment in my part of money, time, and just execution, showing up consistency every day, making videos, creating content. I've been over on over 75 podcast episodes as a guest. And that's not even including the 60 I've recorded for my own show so far. So understand that this consistency is why you start to see the results. And building your personal brand is very important because a lot of people think, well, I'm just average. I'm nobody special. I'm not good looking. Whatever your excuse may be, you know what? Everybody has a personal brand and the world is building it for you if you're not taking an active role in building it yourself. So do you want to let society, do you want to let, your friends? Do you want to let your peers, you want to let the everything around you build your brand or do you want to take an active role in that? You want to take an active role in it. You're going to have a, a personal brand either way. Personal brand is basically your reputation. It's what people think about you when you're not around or say about you when you're not around. You are in full control of that. So take charge of that and do something with it and lead by example. And one of the things that's going to be the beauty of that is no matter what you do in your life, Especially if you're, if you're listening to this and you're younger, I really want you to pay attention because I've, I've gone through this. The brand you build now is portable. You get to carry that with you no matter what you get into. So let's say you, we mentioned real estate before. Like let's, let's, let's talk about like, okay, you're a realtor or you're, or you're in real estate. And then you go, you know what? Now I want to do a startup in the tech industry. Well, if you built a, a strong enough personal brand, you're going to be like, you know what? Now I'm doing this. You're going to get to take that audience with you. They're going to be like, oh man, this, this guy's a go-getter. He's doing all kinds of cool stuff. And you get to carry that personal brand throughout your entire life. You'll end up on your deathbed with the same personal brand, the one you built over your course of your life. So no matter what you're involved in, no matter what companies you own, I went from automotive to tech to helping coaching. And now I'm coaching business owners that are not even in the automotive sphere. They're, I've got business clients from all over, all walks of life. I have oil and gas clients. I have all kinds it's because they've seen me consistently show up, deliver the message that resonates with them, and they want to work with me. See that? So the brand is very strong. So here we are at five. Let's see. What can I give you on point five? <laughs> hmm. I think, I think really just we have to believe in ourselves. I think there's a lot of times we have a lot of self-doubt, a lot of things that we talk ourselves out of. We have a lot of self-limiting beliefs that we just need to break through. We create false limits and glass ceilings for ourselves. We say, oh, I don't have enough experience or I'm not enough education to do that. Or, you know, kind of we touched on like, oh, I'm not good enough looking or, you know, who's going to follow me? And, you know, I'm, I'm not really a thought leader. And you, you have all these, these labels that people have hung on you your entire life, you know? I mean, you're a minority. I'm a minority. I'm half, half Asian. I grew up around that. I've seen the racism. I've been beat up because of my race. I just, I understand these things. And if I would have just let the society create those labels for me and I walked around with those things on my shoulder, then I would have just became what they told me I was going to become. And when you're, you're young and people are telling you, you know, cause you're hiding behind mom's leg when, when, you know, people come to the house, Oh, he's shy. He's shy. Totally shy. Tony, he's shy. Well, when you're a kid, you have no frame of reference. And when you're in your early 20s, you have no frame of reference. You listen to what other people describe you as, and you start to believe, well, I guess that's what I am because that's what they're saying about me. But it's not true because a lot of times you're creating these self-limiting beliefs and they're hanging those labels on you. 
saying you're shy, saying you're not a risk taker, saying all these different things, and you start to believe them, but what you don't realize is it's still your decision, man. Like for you to get on a stage or fire up a podcast or go be a rock star, whatever the hell it is, like it's still your decision. You don't get to have to listen to those people. You can be like, hey, that's cool. That's not serving me. That's not getting me to be where I want to be. So what do I need to do? And a lot of times people just really tap out. They just think, oh man, this is not going to work for me. You know, I, I, I'm shy. I'm introverted. I can never do a podcast. I can never write a book. I'm not a good writer. You know, there's people that can write books for you just by interviewing you. Most, most of the best-selling books out there are not written by the author's name on the cover. They're written by ghostwriters nowadays. So true. So don't think that, I, I mean, I'm not a good writer. I, I failed in English in high school. Like, you know what? Can you talk? Hmm. Can, can you be interviewed? Can you share your story? Well, there are people who are highly talented at typing your story in your words, in your perspective, because that's what they do. So don't make any excuses about why you can't do things. Get past these things and get past thinking, well, man, I'd, I'd like to make $50,000 a year. Well, ask yourself, why is that goal yours? Right. Why is that my goal? Well, my, I look around at all my friends and they're, they're all telling me, hey, if I make $50,000 a year, I'm successful. And they're like, well, why is that? I don't know. It's because they, they said that. Why is that? Well, I don't know. I guess it's their goal. Yeah. Then the reality hits like, oh my God, the goals that I've been chasing are not even my own goals. They're the society's goals for me. They're, they're, the, they're the people you surround yourself with. That's their goals. You know, when I, when I used to think like I talked about a race to a hundred thousand dollars, like that was not my goal. That was what everybody had told me was my goal. Like, Oh, if you do this, you'll be successful. If you get a steady job, get a wife, have two kids and in a brand new car, like, man, you've made it. That's the American dream. And then you start to believe that crap right? because that's what you're told. But that ain't my goal. That was my goal at the time because I didn't know any better. But then I made 150. Then I made 200 a year. Then I go, man, if I can make 250 a year, I'll be happier. Make 250 a year. It kind of feels the same. What if I make 300 a year? What if I make 400? What if I make a million dollars in a year? Like, you know, like, why are these goals there? Why do you set limits? Like sometimes goals become limits because exactly. people, because people don't believe in themselves and I can't, and, and I know somebody's probably listening and they're rolling their eyes right now. Like, well, this guy made all the money. It's easy for him to say, but here's the, here's the response I want to give to them. If you can't believe that you can make a million a year. Do you think the people that are actually doing it believe that they could? Do you think that they just woke up when they were a kid like, I'm going to be a millionaire? Do you think any billionaires like knew they were going to be, become billionaires? No, nobody knows that. But the thing is, is they did not set these false limits. Like, hey, if I make 100 grand a year, I'm going to tap out. Like, this is good. I'm good. I'm complacent. All my bills are paid. I got a few toys in the garage. That's how most people are. So see that, see beyond that and go, hey, I got to this goal. I can believe, let's say like, okay, I believe I can make a hundred thousand a year. Like believe in that, then hit it and then go, okay, I believe I can make 150 or 200 or 300. But, but at some point you need to start seeing that your actions are getting you to your goals and you need to start walk away from these limits that you've created for yourself and think that there is no, there is no limit. There really are no limits in life. So true. So true, man. Excellent points as well, man. I love each and every last one of them. You know, honestly, um, I think it's big, man, that, you know, that we shouldn't depend on or look at society's views because so many people are doing something because of what they see on the Internet. Like, block that away and come back to life. Like, what is it that you want to do? What is it, something that interests you? What is something you mostly been passionate about? Something that you can see yourself. What do you want to, what mark do you want to leave when it's all said and done, Right. And what I love that you said as well is advice. You know, 
Um, taking advice from those who haven't been there is, is easy, right? But taking advice from someone who has been there is a lot challenging because they're going to tell you and they're going to guide you the challenging steps to take, but it takes for you to do. So, Tony, my next question for you is, what is the greatest advice you ever gotten from maybe a family member or a mentor? Wow. I mean, there's, there's so much out there, but for me, it was really just taking action. I think a lot of times people think that they need to know everything before they start, especially entrepreneurs. They need, they think that, Oh, I'm not ready. I'm waiting for, I mean, the same BS excuses that we hear like, Oh, you know, I'm just waiting for the right time or, you know, or I'm really busy at work and you know, it'll slow down soon and I'll be able to you know, create that side hustle or, you know, maybe I'll, I'll get some more education before I learn, or maybe I need to read these five more books before I start. But Here's the number one problem that I want to share with you guys. They, if you guys get my book, Side Hustle Millionaire, the first two chapters are on mindset. And I sent out a questionnaire with over 100 entrepreneurs responded, all, all different types of businesses, all types of different financial levels, even got people from different countries to answer. People are people, Terrell. People are people. We all have the exact same problems. We all have the exact same excuses. And the number one regret for every entrepreneur was that they didn't start sooner. The number one excuse is I didn't, I wish I would have started sooner because here's the secret that most entrepreneurs, even successful ones have not shared with people is that they didn't know all the answers when they started, man. They, they literally jumped off the cliff and built that parachute while they're falling. And then and it became a parachute on the way down. That's how real entrepreneurs work. We look at something, we do a real quick assessment on risk, go, Hey man, what's the upside of this versus the downside? Like what's the downside of most people starting? The downside is like, Uncle Betty makes fun of you on Facebook or maybe your best friend clowns you because he thinks you're doing something silly or maybe your mom goes, oh man, you should get a real job. Like that's the downside, right? Like none of those are permanent. Those can all be recovered from. And if the people are that much critical, like you don't want them in your life anyways, go back to my point one earlier, right? So think about the downside compared to the upside. Now what does the upside look like? Wow, what us see if I start this company or this brand and I sell things and man, maybe I've become a multimillionaire. So you start to look at things in context, like Uncle Betty making fun of me versus making millions of dollars. Like, which am I going to choose? And that's going to dictate your actions. So that's how entrepreneurs think. We think about the upside versus downside. Sometimes you do lose. We definitely fail. That's part of life. Everything you do, you fail. We fail at everything. You go to the gym, you do that last set, you fail at the last rep, don't you? But it makes you stronger. It's how, it, it's how it's designed to be. If you're not willing to fail, no risk, no reward. I know that's a cliche phrase, but it's so damn true. And that's where it comes from. If you don't take risks, you will never have reward. So if you're sitting there in your complacency and you're thinking like, well, I'm, all my bills are paid. I'm good. Like, no, man, you're, you're put on this earth to do a lot more things than get paychecks and then die. It's a terrible way to think. Like you have a stronger purpose on this earth that was probably distinguished or extinguished when you were a child, somewhere probably between junior high and high school, a bunch of dream killers in our life at those ages, especially teachers sometimes. So true. Think about when you were a kid, like you ask, you ask a young, young kid, let's say you ask a kindergarten, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? They always have these awesome, awesome answers. Like you never hear like a, a five-year-old go, hey, I want to be a business manager. <laughs> you, know? right. you never hear like, uh, I want to be a waiter. You never hear... 
you know, I want I just want to be, you know, uh, the custodian at this school. You know, you just never hear these big dreams out of small kids. And that's something you need to pay attention to because we lost that along the way. Sometimes those indicators that you have from back then are really telling you early on, like that was the course of the life that you should have been. Like, so if you want to be a fighter pilot, if you want to fly in space, like I did, if you want to, if you want to be a, a race car driver, if you want to be a bodybuilder, if you want to be a rock band lead singer or lead guitarist, if you want to be a public speaker, if you want to be a professor, like think of those things that you thought about when you were a child and ask yourself why you didn't get there. And you're going to find a lot of times it was because people talked you out of those dreams. So maybe that's an indicator of something you should be looking at. So true. And thank you so much for sharing. For my people that's young, specifically like he just said, that's listening right now, the Inspire Before We Expire community. Please take in and implement this all into your life. The gentleman has devoted his individual time to you guys, honestly, to share what he's lived, what he's been through, and things that he's implemented to help him become the successful entrepreneur, businessman, and everything else, an author today, guys. I really need you to take in and really listen and implement this and share with a friend. Do not be stingy with the information. Tony, 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 Tony. Oh, man. Let's dive into the Side Hustle Millionaire book, man. It's a bestseller, business bestseller, number one book, man. Honestly, I just love the title. I know I sent the message to you earlier telling you, like, man, this is amazing. So when did this book first originate? Like, when did you first establish and where did the title come from? Dude, that's a great story behind the title. And, and I think your listeners are going to get a kick out of this because I'm – yeah, I've, I found success. I created, you know, and, and I want to just to be clear, when people think side hustle millionaire, it's not because I sold a million in revenue. I mean, there's actually made millions in profit. And that's the difference. And a lot of people out there are talking about million, million, this million, that. I know it's a real cliche word in the personal development and author space, but some of us profited millions. Some of us only sold millions in, in parts or products or services. There's a difference. The title itself was actually not my first title. I actually wrote the book, the manuscript under the title, the hustle. Cause I used to, you know, it's, it's kind of the core word. And also I used to be a competitive nine ball billiards player. So the word hustle meant something to me. And even in my automotive communities, if you guys were to go Google me, like it was nine ball, like my, my user screen name was nine ball because of my pool playing background back in college years. So I thought the hustle would be kind of a cool play on word. Cause it kind of was like the, the pool thing and, and also the hustle and the grind and, and the business. And then, so I submitted this, this manuscript to my editor and he reads it and he goes, Tony, he goes, we have to talk about this title. I was like, what do you mean, man? And he's like, it's just, it's not, it's not, that's not your story, dude. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? So, cause this guy has published like over a hundred books. He's, he's well seasoned in making titles that grab people's attention. He goes, dude, you're the side hustle millionaire. And I was like, man, I was like, people that read that, they're going to hear that. I'm going to come off as pompous or arrogant. So I had like even self-limiting beliefs around stepping in that persona. Even though that's a true story, I still was reluctant because that's my personality. I was like, I'm not going to be like, oh man, I'm the side hustle millionaire and like be all beaten on my chest. That's just not my personality. So I said, you know what? Let me think on this. So I slept on it and I woke up and I was like, holy crap, it's, that is my story. Like, like people may make fun of that title. People may try to belittle or condescend or have some assumptions around it, but it's my story, man. And I actually said, you know, I need to step into the story because that is who I am. It's not, 
there's no, there's no, I guess, fiction in that title. It's, it was a side job and I made millions. So it's, I am a side hustle millionaire. And, and I started, and that's the thing he said, you know, Mike, one my you know, editor, he's like, he goes, dude, I don't know anybody that's made that much money as a side thing. Like that's, that's the crazy part of your story. Like that's the story. And so after talking to him, I was like, yeah, let's roll with it. Let's, and I'm, and I'm so grateful that he talked me into that. That was a turning point because let's face it, if my book would have come out as the hustler, but I've been like, Oh, you know, it's, I, I get what that book's about, but I'm probably not interested in reading it. So now I started doing my research when I was reading, writing the book, I bought some other side hustle based books. There's like five or six of them out there on Amazon. I was like, Hey, I'm, I wonder if anyone else has done what I've done. Like, you know, I was kind of excited to get these books. I love reading books. I finish a book a week. That's another tip. Read books, listen to audiobooks one a week minimum. Like quit listening to music. I love music, but you should spend that time. Anytime you got earphones in, you should be learning something and books. You're going to learn a lot of stuff. So here's the thing is that I read these other books and I'm thumbing through. I was like, wait, when, when is this going to get good? You know, cause they're, they're talking about, dude, they're talking about side hustles making like, you too can make $300 extra a month. And I'm like, Whoa, that's like such small thinking, you know? And, and you got these other books that these are guys are like New York times bestsellers. And like, Hey man, if you build the right side hustle, you can make a thousand dollars a month. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, like this is terrible advice. Like why are you limiting people's advice on this? Like there are literally thousands and thousands of people out there making seven figures with side business, especially with online businesses nowadays, especially with Shopify and Amazon and, I know several people now that have built this network. I know other people making millions of dollars as a side business and it's possible. So why would you not share that information? And I said, like, you know what? There's a missing void in this side hustle gig because the next two years, we're going to see 25% more people in the workforce go to the gig economy and the side hustle businesses where they get to work from home from either a freelance or starting a side business and they transition away from their job. Because let's face it, nobody likes having to show up from eight to five somewhere I don't like doing that. I don't like having a boss. You know, if I can make the same money here working at home and go work out in the middle of the day and go drive around in my cars and do kinds of stuff. And if I want to go get happy hour with my friends, I can do that. I don't have to worry about stuff like that anymore. And it's, it's such an empowering place to be when you don't have location requirements or time requirements and you're making money. You and I are talking right now and I'm making money in the background. That's, I'm not, I'm not having to show up and trade my hours for dollars. That's, that's the mindset I try to teach people with my group and my book. So that's the story of the side hustle millionaire. And it's, 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 it's a book that for your listeners are wondering what the hell it is. It's, it's how to look at the business ideas that you have, or maybe even the business that you started. And it's a good way. I teach you a really quantifiable way to analyze your businesses against your ideas against each other. So we, let's say you come to the table and you got five businesses, I, you know, ideas, I give you real simple, real simple methods to kind of weigh those against each other to figure out the best odds they're going to deliver you to a financial goal or a time goal that you have. Because guys like my age, we like to have our time back. We're, we chase dollars. We've got dollars. So when you're young, go chase those dollars, man. It's, I'm not going to tell you not to do that. It's a lot of fun to have that stuff. But as you start to get older, you're like, you know, I want to have more time on my hands. Like, how can I maybe take a little bit of a pay cut but get a lot more time? That's the way that you kind of build these different goals. We all have different goals. So it gives you a way to analyze your ideas against each other to really find the one that's going to give you the best odds of getting there. And then it lets you focus on that one. Cause less, the hardest thing for most people is they have this dream thing that's stuck in their head, but they've never got advice from people who have actually started businesses and understand that that's not scalable. 
you're still going to be trading hours and dollars for that one. You can never scale your own hours because that's, you have to show up somewhere and it, a lot of people are just not willing to walk away from that idea, even though it's not going to get them to their financial goal or their, or their purpose. And so I kind of reframe that like, Hey, you got to put your goals, your purpose, your, those got to come first, define the end game here. And then let's create the business that gets you there. Cause that's the real reason we want to create businesses. We want to get to a goal, man. We don't want to be stuck in some kind of a self-employment trap. And you know, a lot of people think that being an entrepreneur is like building their own job and it's not, it's building a company. There's a, is a distinct difference between those two. A lot of people call themselves entrepreneurs. They're just self-employed. Like they can't make any money if they take time off or they go on vacation or, you know, they're, they're doing things and, or like, their customers get pissed off if they take off for a week. So, you know, that then you, I hate to tell you, you created a job. You didn't create a business. There's a difference. You, you got to create processes, things that can be replicated. You got to be able to train people to do the things that you do. It can't be based around your own unique talent. You might be the face of the company, the CEO of the company, go promote the company, go build your brand. Those are important things to do, but you can't be the center hub of this company. That's everything's relied on you because you're going to build yourself into a trap. So the book really gets in heavy of that. And I, I kind of go into marketing principles and branding strategies and why you should use an LLC or an S corp or C corp. So I'm really taking somebody's idea from concept to getting them into operation. I want, my goal is to have you be able to start your first company just by reading that book, reading some of the resources that I cite in the end of each chapter, and then just following the mindset and, and surrounding yourself with the right people and the support networks. And we have that. I've got a Facebook group, 365 Driven Entrepreneurs. Your listeners are welcome to come find it and, and join that. But it's this community of entrepreneurs, about 2,800 people, I think, right now. And it all based around the book. You know, people that have read the book like to share the ideas and support each other. And we're very growth-minded and help each other. We collaborate. And it's not a spam fest. We don't allow any of that. We just basically use it as a business-type networking thing. And it's a powerful community. And it's that's, that's what the book is about. So, you know, thank you for asking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where can they find it? What did you, what was the after effect, Tony? Like, what did you enjoy most after finishing this project, knowing it like it's all done now? Because you, you sat there and you balanced out with the title, you know, you and your editor worked something out and came to agreement. So what was the after effect? Like, how did you then feel after finishing this project? Well, the book is on Amazon still. It's, it came out a year ago and it's still selling pretty well. And if, yeah, and if you're, if you're not looking on Amazon, an easy way to find it is a, is a custom website. I created a page for it, sidehustlebook.net. Pretty simple. <laughs> so you'll find all the information and a link to Amazon from there. And the after effects, man, I'll, I'll tell you what a book is. A lot of times, even best-selling books, even New York Times best-selling books, a lot of people think that they make a lot of money from that, but it's not a a book is a marketing tool. A book is a way to prove that you sat your rear down and you committed to becoming an authority in some kind of a subject. So when you think of a book, think of it as a, as a, as a business card on steroids. So before I had the book, let me tell you the before and after. Before the book, if I were to go to approach a podcast, let's say I'm pitching, hey man, you got a great audience, I'd like to share some value with them and you know, I'm a business coach. Even you, Terrell, you'd probably be like, oh, that's cool, but hey, I got a lot of guests lined up and, you know, maybe, maybe next year, you know, I'm backlogged. You know, you would just kind of be polite about it or, or you may even just ignore me, right? But if I said, hey, Terrell, you've got, a, you've got this astounding audience of entrepreneurs and I would love to share some value and I've got a number one best-selling book. 
I think I can share some insights and have some takeaways for your guests. You'd be like, man, this sounds interesting all of a sudden. See what I mean? It was just a real subtle shift. But what that book did is it created, I consider the book as a, a golden key that unlocked a bunch of doors that were actually invisible before. Like I didn't even see these doors. I didn't even see these opportunities before I wrote the book. And then I started to see them afterwards where I get invited to go on radio shows and, you know, do live radio events and be on stages and paid public speaking events and these different things that kind of springboarded from this book. So the book is definitely a marketing tool. I don't make a, you know, a lot of money on the book. It's, I think I make like 1200 bucks a month. That's a, that's pretty good. You know, from Amazon pays for a car or apartment. If that's what you're in, you know, you're wanting to write a book. It's not bad. It's passive income. I don't have to like market it. It just does it all itself. You know, Amazon's a great marketing machine. So the book will not make you rich, but that book will make me millions of dollars. See what I mean? Over the course of time, the things I'm getting involved in, the paid speaking, the coaching, the programs I'll be building, that book will earn me millions of dollars, even though it only earns like, you know, $12,000 a year on Amazon. Absolutely. And guys that's listening, ladies, go ahead and purchase Mr. Tony Wiley's book, bestseller at Amazon. And also you can go to his website, SideNet. Uh, sidehustle.net sidehustlebook.net sidehustlebook.net there you go guys listen it's a must get it's a must read I'm tuning into it as well so go ahead and read it guys it's a must read and it will really change your life Tony I just wanted to take some time I know it's the middle of our interview and just show some gratitude towards you which I do each and every interview man and just say thank you so much for devoting your time man honestly sharing some great insight you know, this is genuine, man. And it means a lot to me, as I know it means a lot to you. Because this is what you call, you know, a conversation. And that one conversation can change the communication between the two. No matter where you're at around this world, to knowing that two leaders like us are, are making the world a better place in life and business and career, wherever it may be, automotive. Guys, there's always somebody out there to help grab your hand. And it may not give you a hand out, but give you a hand up. And Mr. Tony Wiley has proven it today. So, Tony, thank you, man. Once again, thank you. Honestly. I appreciate that. Yeah, you touched on some good subjects there. And the, the key to success is how much you provide value to this world. And it's, it's too many people out there thinking about themselves, always about what's in it for me, what's in it for me. I can tell you the people with that kind of attitude, they will never win at life, ever. I've never met a successful person that didn't give more than they you know, ask. A lot of times people just ask, ask, ask. And they never get anything. And they wonder why. They make a bunch of excuses. And they hang out with a bunch of other people that make excuses. Everybody's nodding their head because they're all full of excuses. Then there's the other, these people that become shooting stars and get everything they want in life because they're willing to create value and help other people achieve their own dreams. So here's the, here's the secret that most people don't know about you know, Terrell and, and guys like me. We get inspired by inspiring you. We get that reciprocity. We, we want to become better versions of ourselves because we've gained an audience and lead people and help people. We've impacted people. We know we've impacted people and changed the course of their life and trajectory of their life. We've impacted not only you, but potentially your children, your grandchildren to come because of things that we're helping you with. And that's when you start to become very aware of the the beneficial role that you're in and you start to have really a lot of gratitude for where the position you're in and when you become the hub and everybody's coming to you for advice and everybody's coming to you for some kind of inspiration or motivation 
that is a position that you have to earn. Nobody gets that for free, but yet there's still people out there that complain when people are always asking them for advice. Blows my mind, man. Blows my mind. Like they're coming because they trust you and they want advice from me and you're like being all grumpy. Why is everybody always asking me stuff? That's terrible. You have a terrible mindset. Like be grateful for that position because it's an earned position. It's something that you should be honored to be in. You should be the, the hub of that, of that community. And that shows that you have influence and you're not even using it. That's terrible. It's, a, it's such a waste. So true. So, so true. Honestly. give more. Give more than you ask in every capacity. Help other people without anything in expectation. And the world will always reward you in return. Always. I love that. I love that. So, Tony, if you could, if you could pick up the phone, right, and call your younger team self. But let's take it back 20 years ago or so. You've been in your 20s, correct? And call your younger self and have a five-minute conversation. What would that conversation be like? Uh, I love this question. And my statement to that is being shy is a waste of time. And it's costing you a fortune and it's costing you happiness. A lot of times, you know, we, we go back to the labels we talked about. Being shy, being introverted, being afraid to put yourself out there, being afraid of being vulnerable. It's a waste of damn time. It's costing you money. It's costing you happiness. You start to see other people who are living the life that you want. They were the ones that were willing to do that. And you go, you know what? This is not serving me. Me being shy, me being introverted, it's not going to get me to my goals. So I have to make a decision. Like I need to learn how to operate as an extrovert when it's required. And then I can go hide in my cave if I need to. But in certain situations when you need to make that introduction or you need to be able to pitch that thing or you need to be able to close that deal or negotiate this thing or even ask a girl out. Like there's so many missed opportunities because people are just too damn scared of worrying about being rejected. But the thing is, is most people are not worried about rejection. They're just worried about what people will say about the rejection. So it kind of goes back to the critics again. And if you let critics run your life and everything that you do, then you're never going to get anywhere. Most people worry way too much about what other people think or say about them. And you'll find the people that has generally have gone away from not caring about the critics or the ones that are executing and living the life. They're getting the, the, the prom queen. They're getting the girl. They're, they're doing everything that you want to do because they decided, you know what? These other people don't serve me. I'm, I'm going to do my thing. So tell me my younger version. I would say, Hey, quit being shy. Go ask for those positions. Go prove you can do the job. Go earn those roles. And the other thing I would say is go learn to do some public speaking, take Toastmasters. I'm a president of a local Toastmasters club, oh, wow. it's a public speaking thing. And it's usually once a week, like hour and a half a week. You can learn. It's like, it's really cheap guys. Don't make excuses because you can go to toastmasters.org. It's like 45 bucks for six months, like not per month, like four or six months. Cause it's a nonprofit and you can go learn, get valuable public speaking skills that, will translate even in a normal conversation. You guys hear me speaking. I don't say, um, I don't say, ah, I don't, I sound very certain because I'm thinking a sentence ahead of what I'm saying. I'm very aware of every word I say, and that's effective communication. I was not like this two, two years ago. If you guys were to go to my Instagram, it's at 365 driven and go scroll back a lot of posts. Cause I create a lot of posts. Go back to middle of 2017. Cause you can see the dates. You'll see some of my earliest videos. And Terrell, they're horrible, dude. They are horrible, man. I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm very monotone like this and I've got a really good message, but I'm just speaking like this and I'm just really boring. And 
dude, it was terrible. But you know what? I'm never going to delete those because I want to show people the potential, the change by the willingness to take the action. And when I have people I'm teaching to speak, they see me on stage and they're like, man, you're really good. You know, I wish I could be like you. And I'll scroll back. Take me like five minutes, y'all. <laughs> scroll back. But let me show you this early video. Oh yeah, here we go. I show them this video and they're like, whoa, that's you. I'm like, yeah. So, so you're actually better than me when I started, but you know what? I committed to doing this. I wanted to become more influential. I wanted to be able to speak properly. I wanted to get rid of any kind of nervous ticks or energy. I want to be able to rock the microphone. I want to be able to take the stage and focus on my message instead of worrying about my tactics. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start to make a lot of impact when you can speak clearly and I wish I would have done this, dude. I, I mean, I was only two years ago. I did this and I, and I lied to myself. So some of your listeners are probably out there in the corporate world. They probably got a manager title and they're like, ah, man, Tony Terrell, I got this, man. I'm a, I'm a good public speaker. You know what? I lied to myself for 25 years like that. Lied to myself. Cause you know what? I did slideshows. I did kickoff meetings. I was a project manager. I had 70 people. I managed a, a, a group with 300,000 people by all accounts and metrics. Oh, I'm a leader. I'm an influencer. But you know what? I was lying to myself because I was not an engaging speaker. I did not have the vocal variety. I did not have the tonality. I did not have the conviction in my voice. I couldn't speak with this emotion or hear me right now because I was afraid to use that. I, didn't, I wasn't trained properly into using that. I didn't even know what that was. So you're giving your slideshows or doing the, the golf clap while you acknowledge your teammates or talking about a safety stand down or launching a new product. Those are not public speaking. Public speaking is getting the attention of the audience, keeping them engaged, taking them on an emotional roller coaster where they feel the arm hairs on their arms start to raise. That is public speaking. And you can actually use that in your normal conversations every day, not just from a stage. Absolutely. That's powerful, man. You, you, you're not alone, man. Honestly, I, I once was there too, man. Honestly, I've been on this journey less than a few years and a lot has came up for me, Tony. Like the whole public speaking and personal development has changed my life as well, man. Honestly. So I remember when I first started my YouTube videos and things like that and I was all over the place, but the message was getting out and people was like, man, you're inspiring me. But I knew I had to study. I knew I had to listen. I had to surround myself around those who are already at this place I desire to get to, to become that, right, in my own way. And it's a blessing, man. Honestly, got to give it up to the man, man above, you know, for allowing us both to make it this far and to be on this call together. So that way, 10 years from now or so, we can look at this as being Tony. If I see you in a city or a different country somewhere and I'm, you know, we may be speaking on the same stage and it's like, Tony, remember that conversation we had from my podcast, man? So many people was impacted by you don't know how many lives was just transformed at that not maybe that day but that week that month after that whole year you just transformed so many lives man like honestly brother we did that together you know so as we go back to two years ago what did you mostly learn from that to now like what did you mostly learn from you know just the like you say being shy and just felt like you just wasn't giving it your all wasn't being as accurate or, or or just being pure what did you mostly learn from that versus that honestly the last two years i it was it was really tough uh, i would say that in the last 20 years it was actually the two lowest financial income level you know, years of my life for the last 20 years 
I walked away from a corporate salary paying me $250,000 base plus bonus, so quite a high salary. I got tired of being used up in the oil and gas industry. I decided to go focus on my businesses. I've always had side businesses. I've got one that brings in six figures, takes me 15 minutes a day. That kind of keeps you an idea of like, it doesn't take hours to make money. It just takes knowledge and, and putting yourself out there and doing things the right way. Coaching now, I'm making six figures now. So I've basically rebranded myself in the course of two years. The thing I've learned even in my forties is that you're going to have critics and naysayers and haters. So I want you, I want your listeners to understand that, that you go through phases of this in your entire life. It's not, especially if you're really young, let's say if you're in high school and you got bullies or maybe you're in college and you got bullies, don't think that that's going to go away. I'm 46 and I still have those things. So understand that even at the corporate level, some people are still bullies and some people are even managers sometimes are just using their titles to throw around authority, but they're not leaders. They're basically being bullies a lot of times because they know that they have your paycheck as leverage to, to keep you doing things that they want you to do. So understand that this cycle of bullies, critics, haters, naysayers, is going to be with you your entire life. And the sooner you learn how to deal with that, the better. Don't think it's going to go away. Don't think you're going to go get another job and all that goes away. Don't think you're going to graduate high school and all that's going to go away. It doesn't go away, guys. That's a spoiler alert. And here's the thing. There's a lot of people that go, hey, you know, Tony, uh, I don't got any haters. I don't have any haters, man. And I'm like, you know why? Because you're obscure. Nobody knows you. You're not doing anything worth noticing. That's the honest truth. Because as soon as you start doing things that are, people are worth noticing, you will have critics. Tara, you have, you, have, you have some critics? Do you have some haters doing what you're doing? Yes, sir. Absolutely. So understand how to process it. I'm going to, I'm going to share this value because I think it's very important. I think you have to feel empathy and feel sad for those critics and haters. When you're young, man, I wanted to punch them in the face. Like I, I was, you know, I want to be violent and be like retaliate. I want to prove them that they're wrong. And you know what? That's good fuel for the tank. Use that as motivation, but you don't need to like direct it towards them. You can use that and you can internalize that and, and, and prove them wrong, but you don't have to like, fight with them. You don't have to get on the keyboard battles with them and argue back and forth. You don't have to do that. You basically, you know, it could disarm people. It's a lot easier to show examples of leadership in that, in that moment. So whenever I get a critic now or a troll or a hater on my post, I'll be like, Hey man, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're going through some struggles in life. I wish I could help you. And you know, I, you know if there's anything I need, you need to help, you know, you know, just reach out to me, man. I'd be glad to give you some advice or help out. So if you just answer like that, you got all your audience watching like, damn, dude, I would have totally like, you know, lit a fire and got after that guy, but they see you doing it the right way. And sometimes those critics and those haters will be like, man, that guy actually cares. You know, he's not full of crap. And that's, that's a learning lesson. So understand that anytime people throw shade at you or throw negativity at you, it's them. It's not you, man. Especially if you're doing things for the right reason. If you're doing out there, after doing shady stuff, then you deserve all the criticism you get. But if you're actually, your purpose is pure and you're doing things for the right reason and you're still getting critics, it's them, man. It's not you. Don't, don't beat yourself up with these critics and don't let them guide your actions. Don't quit what you're doing because of the comments that they say. So understand it's them. Understand they have low insecurities or they got some issues or here's a lot of times they just don't believe in themselves. So they don't like when you're doing things and they see you doing things that they can't do or they believe that they can't do, they're going to try to keep you down. So understand where they come from, learn how to process that and just move on, man. A lot of people just quit. Like, oh, people said all these negative things about me and I just want to, I'm going to quit. You know, no, that means they win. 
that means they did exactly what they wanted to do. So don't let them have that. You know, you got to do it for yourself. So that's, that's, that's what I've learned actually in the last two years of me putting myself out there more, building bigger audiences. Podcast is doing awesome. It's being surprised that people that I thought were friends, like, you know, were became the biggest critics and haters. Like people actually had dinner with, been to their house, you know, been around their families they didn't want me to see me change. They, they had already created this persona of me as Tony, the car guy that owned businesses. Then, and here I am, you know, who is this guy? I think he is. Is he think he's Tony Robbins now? Is he being motivational? Like, Oh, that's a bunch of BS because they don't believe in that stuff, but they're going to criticize that and joke about stuff like that and do screenshots of my post and like get in their tech circles and make fun of you and stuff like that. And you find out, and you go, wow, I thought these people were friends, man. I never said a negative thing about these people in my life. And it was really eye-opening. It's like people are acting like this in their 40s and 50s. Like, really? Really? Mm. Yes. That's how it is, guys. It doesn't go away. Learn how to deal with it and keep moving. Wow. Hey, you just gave me the chills just now, man, because I've been through it as well. I'm a lot younger, man, but at the same time, like you say, you know, when you're building something for yourself, that's what comes with it. You know, it comes with the territory, honestly. Um, and people don't want to never see you do better than them. It's just the world we live in. You know, that's why, you know, it's best to pour more love than hate into this world, man. Honestly, like you say, we only get one life to live, so we must live it to the fullest. Mm-hmm. To really give, you know, honestly. Um, and I love that you said, you know, you've said a few times, and I love that you continue to reference this, is just stating that, you know, there's people that's going to talk. You know, with only if you're doing something good, you're doing something right. And that hate has nothing to do with you, but a lot to do with them. You know, they still in the same place. They on social media all day. They don't have no platform. All they do is sit there and troll on comments. It doesn't do nothing, but just, it just allows them to be in that stuck space when they can learn from you, when they can listen from you. And really, these are people that are your biggest fans. Like they sitting there reading a Side Hustle Millionaire book right now. Why they sit there trolling or you in your comments like that's just funny to me you know this gentleman has came a long way honestly you know has provided for his kid when his kid needed it, he didn't think about himself he sat there and told his story about that he told how far he came in life and giving you guys that so no one should be trolling on anything you should be learning and asking for for help and for forgiveness and for help and persistence to help you get through your phase because guys this doesn't come overnight. So, Tony, this place you're in now, man, um, and I love that you're so pure and authentic with it. Like you say, you've made this, but you still have side businesses and, you know, things like that and still the grind and the hustle. How do you sustain that success for those who, who, who desire to get to that next level in life? I think it's, it's a lot about investing back into your businesses early on. I think a lot of entrepreneurs take the money and, and they kind of start buying a bunch of fancy stuff before their business grows to where they can actually afford real fancy stuff later. So don't be tempted to, especially if it's a side hustle, if you already have a job, got money coming in, don't be robbing your side hustle for the money. Like invest it back in that company and grow it bigger and bigger and bigger while you still have your bills paid. And then you're going to be able to, to take a step out maybe three years in and you're going to make a lot more money if you invest that company you know, back into the company. A lot of people just think get impatient. You know, they make an extra hundred bucks. They want to go spend an extra hundred bucks. And to me, it's like, no, I'll just put that hundred bucks into marketing and blow the company up a little bit more each time. And 
just there's different ways to scale your company and it's just it's a it's a discipline i mean a lot of times people want the instant gratification i think things in long term and honestly business life cycles now five five seven years is like the kind of things i think about when i create a business because i build stuff now that i want to be able to sell like i think exit plans like that's where you make the real money is when you build up a a company that you can build into multiple seven figures and then sell it and become multimillionaire at the end of the day and it's it's there's there's proven processes and paths to get there. It's not like some kind of magical thing. It's you just got to have the right strategies when you build the company. I kind of cover this in my book about being the, the most valuation of their company, things you got to do right, recurring revenue, cash flow positive, just there's a lot of different things to make a business worthwhile to a buyer because here's the fact, only 1% of companies actually get sold. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's weird. And it's, it's not because 99% of companies are not for sale. It means that 99% of companies are not worth anything to a buyer. So if you do things purposefully and you create the brand and you do things the right way to create a valuation for an interest of a buyer, then you will have a highly, highly probable way of selling it at the end of the day. So, you know, I'm doing a carbon fiber composite startup, hoping to do a you know eight figure exit on that in the next seven to 10 years. Well, it's wow. going to take a little longer, wow. but, but we already know how to get there. We already know how to get there. It's going to happen. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind it's going to happen. So it's, it's thinking like that, thinking about those goals that we talked about earlier, you know, setting those goals and then starting to identify the tasks that are required to get to that goal. Most people don't have any goal. They just kind of wander around like they've got no map. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Wow, man. I really enjoyed you today, man, honestly, in this time that we spent. Um, so for them to like really take up some courses from you and to get in touch with you, uh, what's your social media links, your website again, and um, everything that can be really get in touch with you? I keep it all simple. One website, 365driven.com. So the number is 365driven.com. And from there, you'll be able to find links to my Facebook group, my Instagram, my Facebook page. I usually stay more active on Instagram and Facebook on my personal profile. It's a little hack there. You should be doing your, your personal profile should be where you're doing your brunt of your marketing and you're building your personal brand. Because Facebook business pages are dead unless you're willing to open your wallet and spend money for ad spend. So you can build a huge organic brand just using your personal page if you unlock it and become influential and actually help people and share value, you will get the followers. Absolutely. And who is it in your life currently that inspires you, Tony, the most, man? I know you came a long way. You mentioned early in the podcast your father was there to really help you push, you know, along your younger years. But who is it now currently, man, that just keeps Tony going? Just keep you really just climbing to the top? Honestly, I don't have, I guess, an avatar that I focus on that's inspiring me. I, I just try to be the best version of myself. I try to improve a little bit every day. And I think that a, a simple mental hack for that, and it's actually pretty valid, is to pretend that your life is on camera all the time. Because your real your real character is built on the things that you do when nobody's watching. And nowadays you can actually fool yourself and believe in that because we carry a camera around in our pocket with our phone and everybody else has a phone. So there are literally cameras everywhere in your life. There's security cameras everywhere. Everywhere is a camera. So if you start to believe that you're living your life on camera, almost like you're like, like someone's following you around filming you, it's going to make you make better decisions. It's going to make you make better habits. So Think about that camera that's always following you and try to live and give the best show that you can. Great point, man. Interesting, interesting. Um, so before we get out of here today, Tony, is there anything else you want to share with the crowd, man? You've been from that phenomenal, man, honestly. And I know they're very thankful for you 
and get your message, man, honestly, especially you live this experience. So you can just share what you feel that's on your mind at the moment. Now, I'll just say, you know, to your podcast listeners, if you guys are into podcasts, go look mine up. You can search my name, Tony Watley, or it's 365 Driven is the name of the show. It's on all the major channels, and I think you'll find a lot of value. I interview a lot of highly successful people and influencers and best-selling authors and all kinds of people. It's crazy stuff. I love the podcasting world just because we have these cool conversations with you guys like yourself, Terrell. It's just it's an awesome community. It's an incredible way to build a, an amazing network of people. Absolutely. What's next for you in this upcoming year? I will be creating some digital courses so I'm able to scale my time away from the one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. And I'll then I'll start to do an audio version of my book because I've been, everybody's been asking me for the audio version. I have narrated it already. I just want to add some more content to it to create more value for the listeners on the audio version of the book. Awesome. Awesome. Now, when you think of the inspire before we expire, what comes in mind? Mortality. I mean, that's everything. That's, you know, I was in a major car accident when I was racing. I hit a wall at 130 miles per hour when I was racing cars. And in that moment, I thought I was going to die. I actually wrote an award-winning, contest-winning speech on that, that very subject. And here's the thing, guys, is when I was facing this wall, doing the quick calculations in my mind, how fast I was going traveling against a concrete wall, I pretty much thought I was going to die. And I wasn't scared in that moment. I was very peaceful. And it was really, really weird to crash and uh, you know, spoiler alert I survived but I I get out and I don't even have any adrenaline rush I'm it's very calm and the paramedics showed up at the end of the track and you know they gave me the vital signs they checked everything and and they're, they're like wow you've been you're remarkably calm for someone who has just been in a major accident and I was like yeah I don't know why and in that moment mortality started to think and I we're born and we die that's a given so what do we do between them? That's our choice. Most people do things that other people choose for them. I will never do things that other people choose for me. I choose to live my life to the fullest. I don't want any regrets. That's my biggest, re my biggest fear is not public speaking. Biggest fear is not jumping out of an airplane. Biggest fear is dying with regret. And we are in control of that. So when you understand that your biggest fear is something you can actually control, then you have no excuses. Absolutely, man. And I read up on that too as well, man. But we did so much in a good space and stuff like that. But um, I'm glad you shared that, honestly, because you just, you know, you never know, man, what somebody else can go through or what somebody else is going through. But there's always that one event that happens that can really change your life forever and change your life for the better. You know, as you just spoke of, you know, you've always been passionate about vehicles and you've been driving and stuff like that. And your life could have like really been ended, but with the grace of the man above, you know, you're still here with us, man. And we're grateful to really have you here, man. And just the impact you're making, dude, just continue the success, man. Continue to keep sharing it. Continue to be, like you say, the best version of you. Honestly, I see the guitar in the back, so I'm guessing that's a passion of yours as well in downtime. And, you know, honestly, man, so um, I'm glad, man, that we was able to get this interview done. And I'm glad you're a part of the Inspire Before We Expire community too man and um just thank you so much for your time honestly guys that's listening right now please forget don't forget to subscribe to the inspire before we expire show stay tuned for tony's episode his interview coming on all mainstream platforms guys please take notes do not take this information for granted take notes no matter where you at whether you're in the states you're inside the u.s or maybe outside somewhere overseas new zealand Scotland, whatever it may be, guys, I need you to really listen and to implement this. This is the stuff that's going to change your life forever. 
And me and Tony has been sat here and we was able to deliver value. Most importantly, him, he shared his time today. So, God, I'm Terrell Sumter. He's Tony Wiley. This is the Inspire Before We Expire, and we're out. Woo!